and welcome to the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. This is your guest, Adon, and we are with Joey, the host. How's it going, Adon? It's going good, man. Um, so this is our second time talking about basketball this season, um, a week before the All-Star break, and we got a lot of juicy topics to talk about, right? Yeah, before we do, I should I uh, should note that I'm a little uh, hampered right now. I'm injured, definitely questionable before this pod. I was eating some peanut M&Ms, and I ate one, and a striking pain went up my jaw. Um, it was very unfortunate. Could not finish the peanut M&Ms. Could barely, can barely talk right now, but I'm toughing it out. Um, I'm a man of the people. I know that they want to hear this lovely voice. So uh, just so you know, Adon, I'm uh, toughing it out for the, the people. You know, it's okay. You got to toughen it out in the name of basketball, man. Yeah, unlike a certain other co-host that was supposed to be on tonight that we will leave uh, unmentioned. So, you know, <laughs> I love me some NFL, man, but no league comes even close with the massive headlines that the NBA produces. Trades, no, injuries, okay. drama. This league never disappoints. So. We got the all-star break coming up. Let's just briefly go over the players. In the West, we got DeMarcus Cousins. Obviously, he's hurt. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, Draymond Green, Dame Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, and Clay Thompson. In the East, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Victor Oladipo, Porzingis, Kemba Walker, John Wall, Giannis, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Kyle Lowry. Pretty good all-star lineups, don't you think? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great all-star lineup, um, and it's just crazy that um, a bunch of players just got injured right before the right before the weekend. Yeah, and I, I think I gotta blame blame LeBron for this. I mean, we look at uh, so the the new all-star game this year. There was two teams. There's Team LeBron and Team Steph, and they obviously made the whole big deal about everyone's you're going to be, be able to pick both teams, which I still don't understand why they didn't televise that, by the way. That would have been a yeah, huge I heard, it, I heard it was cool. Yeah, it sounds it sounds really cool. Like, it's the first time they've ever done it. So they should have definitely televised it. I think, I think it was I mean, something – yeah. I think it was something like the players, like, didn't want their feelings hurt. I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> team Le- <laughs> they don't want to know who got picked first, you know? No, it was – they don't want to know who got picked last is what it that was. Too. Uh, so Team LeBron, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, Goran Dragic, Andre Drummond, Paul George, Kevin Love, Victor Oladipo, Porzingis, Kemba Walker, John Wall, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook. And if it sounded like I was talking for forever, it's because all these guys are hurt. You got DeMarcus Cousins, you got Porzingis, you got Kevin Love all out with uh, significant injuries. Um, you know, you want to talk about that really quick? Yeah, um, I think Porzingis is out for 12 to 16 months, so possibly even almost all of next season, which oh, is yeah. just a huge yeah. blow for the Knicks. Um, DeMarcus Cousins is also out for about a year, right? It's an ACL tear. Like those, I, those I, thought the Achilles. Achilles. I thought he had the Achilles. I thought he had the Achilles. But those, yeah, are it's, even, it's those can even serious. be worse. Those can even be worse than ACL tears. Like The thing with ACL is so much science has been done and, uh, you know, physical therapy that it's it's becoming not like the worst injury to come back from but achilles tears can uh really ruin a player's career and then you got kevin love obviously with the broken hand um yeah let's uh also talk about team steph you got Giannis, obviously steph james harden demar Derozan, uh joel Embiid, jimmy butler draymond green dame lillard kyle lowry cat and clay thompson so 
who do you think uh, has the advantage between these two teams just, you know, right off the bat? Not like they're actually playing, but if they were to play hard. Uh, honestly, I would still go with LeBron's team because the players that replace LeBron, like Andre Drummond, Paul George, uh, Kemba even, like those are seriously good players. And I still think LeBron with, you know, AD, KD, Kyrie, um, and, you know, a bench with like Drummond, Paul George, Bradley Beal, Oladipo even, like, that's a dirty team. Yeah. Really dirty. Not to say that like Steph's team isn't, but I still think like even I mean with LeBron also as a captain, that I, I still think LeBron's team is slightly better. Just between LeBron and Durant, I think is enough firepower to uh really you yeah, can't exactly. do anything. This uh speaking of the the Olympics is on right now. I can't wait for the summer because when that's when that's when they officially start the three on three uh will be an officially Olympic event. And that was like one of my True. favorite things when it first came out was to create the best three-on-three team you possibly could. And I think I True. settled at like LeBron, Steph, and Kevin Durant. Like those three, you just like there's nothing you can possibly do. That's a crazy team. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm really interested in see how um, how NBA players play on a three-on-three. Like I know like they are like NBA, like they're the best players in the world. But I don't know. Maybe like some countries have been doing three on three way longer than NBA players have. Like they're always used to five on five. So it'd be interesting to see how they stack up. Yeah, because I think it is slightly different. It's a slightly different like game plan. Oh, it's definitely yeah, it's a lot different. <laughs> yeah, I also missed one injury just because there's so many on Team LeBron. John Wall with the knee scope. So that team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's true. A lot of all stars. A lot of big name players getting hurt out there. And I think, and I remember seeing something on ESPN that. Uh, the spike in injuries is like 33% in the amount of days players have missed this season. This this uh, season has just been ravaged by injuries. A lot of big-name players. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so yeah. what came across this past week, Adon? It was intense. It was exciting. It was one of the better trade deadlines that I can remember. For sure. Yeah, it was it was pretty nuts, to say the least. And to lead it off before the deadline, really, was the Blake Griffin trade, which when I saw, I had to like do a double take and make sure the account I was looking at wasn't fake. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. It's crazy, man. It was like on a Monday afternoon, too. The trade, if anyone missed it, was Blake Griffin, Bryce Johnson, Willie Reed for Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, and our boy Boban Marjanovic. Yes. Boban. Solid. Now, Boban's huge. <laughs> if it, I mean, it's pretty obvious now that the Clippers are trying to rebuild. Um, but what what makes me laugh is you remember when it was him, CP3, and DeAndre, and they're all playing, and everyone can tell that they just don't like each other, and all the stories are coming out like you know that they don't like each other, and then the players like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where all these stories come from. And then they leave the team, and they're like, Yeah, we hated playing with each other. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Why does that always happen where they just deny, 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 and then the second they leave the team, it's all out there for everyone to read? Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't think I don't think they can. Like I don't know. If you're like on the team with like with if you're just competing for a championship year after year, I don't think you can publicly say that you like hate everybody on the team. Yeah, that's that's I a good know. point. It's kinda weird. What did you think about this trade when you first saw it? Um when I first saw it, I thought that it was. It seemed. It was a little. It was pretty odd. I thought that the Detroit Pistons got a great deal, and um, the Clippers didn't really. But looking back now, I think it was a great move because 
like look like Blake is almost injured every season. Like he's always out for some amount of time every season. And that's like, that's a red flag for an organization. You don't want that. You can't, you know, be trying to compete for a championship year after year and like have your star player, you know, out for a certain amount of time each season. It's just too risky. Um, and it got some good pieces. Like Tobias Harris is a solid, um, solid player. You know, Boban is huge and he can protect the paint and he's a pretty good scorer as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think Detroit definitely won. Uh, like Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, that's a pretty nasty duo. Um, and once uh, Reggie Jackson comes back, solid team. They can definitely make a, you know, six, seven, or eight seed. Oh, definitely. East. Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Drummond. Like that's gonna be a Andre Drummond. That's gonna be a really good team. Uh, they're one game out or yeah. one slot actually out of the Eastern playoffs right now. And I'm really kind of curious to see what. You know, they decide to do. Do they like actually play all these guys and like get them some minutes together and see how they work? And you know, maybe try to push for that eight spot and you know try to throw a haymaker at Boston or Toronto, whoever ends up with a, at the end of that first. But you know, the other option too is like you know to just always you know let them play for a little bit, tank towards the end, and uh, keep your hopes alive in the lottery. But we will see. As far as the Clippers, though, I mean. Pretty obvious that they're uh, yeah they're tanking now. Official uh, rebuild mode. Yeah, not not the Clippers are a mess right now. Like I don't even know who's their star anymore. Like Lou Williams is is their star, but he still comes off the bench, um, which I think I think he is like a great candidate for Six Man of the Year. He's having a career season. Uh, I mean, he's amazing. I love Lou Williams, but yeah, I don't know. Like I guess Gallinari is back. Um, I guess Milos Teodosic is back as well. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting team. They're just they've moved so many pieces over the course of like not even a year, you know. And they're probably and DeAndre is probably going to go as well to end it this year. So this is kind of just like a kind of like a blank year well, for them. It's kind of like I don't it's not really going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, you, know? you know, speaking of moving pieces and DeAndre Jordan, like it's really surprising that they didn't like try at all costs to just move him because I mean he's going to be a free agent. You might as well just try to get something for him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I know there was like trade talks with the Cavs to get him. And that was like the probably like potentially one of the biggest trades for the deadline, but that never happened. And I don't know. I think he's just going to be a free agent and get a max deal and, and leave. Like, I don't know. That's that's, uh, do. the, he was looking at Houston. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Right. Pretty big. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. I mean, that would be huge for Houston if they got DeAndre. Clint, Clint Capella is playing pretty good, but yeah, obviously DeAndre Jordan would be pretty big. Lou Williams also just signed that uh, contract extension, right, for like twenty four million or something like that. Yeah, I think he signed like three years, twenty four million, which is good. Like um, he definitely deserves the money, and I, I think he was definitely a snub for for an All Star. I think he should have replaced. I think I honestly think he is better than Kemba Walker. I think he should have taken. Kemba's Interesting. Spot. Yeah, he's just well. He's yeah. like scored like sixty points against the Warriors. Like he's he's extremely offensively talented. But Kemba is great too. But I don't know. I just I just like Lou fair Williams. enough. All right, let's talk about the biggest story on trade deadline day, and I have already deemed it the Cavs purge. They purged Adon. They cleansed their sins of all the defensive woes. They did. Which one do you want to start with yes. first? Because we got three trades to go to talk about here. Um, let's talk about the Dwayne Wade trade. So he gets traded in Miami for a second round pick. Uh, it's, I think it's like super protected too. So we'll see if they actually end up even getting that. But 
I think um, that was that was really interesting. You know, I I get that he wants to go home and play and stuff like that, but like he could have easily just rode out the season with LeBron. And I don't know. I wouldn't be. Yeah, it's I, pretty interesting to see that he uh, wanted to jump ship uh, that quickly. Yeah, I'm not sure if if he wanted to or not. I, I think maybe the front office just did it without him asking. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious now that he's going to end his career in Miami, which, which he uh, should too. Pretty happy about which that. Which he should. Yeah, like I mean he's he's accomplished enough. Um, Miami Miami's going to make the playoffs this year. I mean with Dwayne Wade back. They might they might play Cleveland in the first round, so that'd be crazy. Um, but yeah, I think I think maybe you know a couple more years and then he'll be uh, hanging it up. Have you seen those uh, Miami uh, Miami Vice jerseys that they have? Oh yes, I love dude. those. those are so I sick. love those jerseys. So, I, I, w- I want them to make um, like the same for the Spurs. For yes, the colors wouldn't that be so sick? Oh, that would be. That's a good idea. Should send that in. I mean, they're doing it for Miami, like. The Spurs Fiesta colors are so cool. They're underrated. They're like one of the best throwback jerseys you can find. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track over here. So <laughs> one of the the first trade I believe that came out was Isaiah Thomas and Shading Fry and a first-round pick, 2018 first-round pick, for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. Uh, trading with the Lakers there. It, it, it's This is going to be, I think, another 30 for 32 to just watch – how, I mean, you just look at Boston now, how good of a deal they pretty much robbed Cleveland of. They took their best player. Oh, sorry, you, you cut out for a second. Oh, no worries. I'm, I'm just saying how Boston robbed, they took Cleveland of their, one of their, not their best player, their second best player, and in, in exchange gave them a point guard who is severely injured, who they just dump immediately to the Western Conference. I mean, if you're Boston, you couldn't be happier, could you? Yeah, Um one hundred percent. I think that it was. I think it actually was pretty smart on Cleveland's end because I, as I, Isaiah was not having a good season, and he's clearly not fitting. Um, he's pretty. He's a ball dominant guard. Like he needs to have the ball in his hands, and you can't do that when LeBron's on your team. Um, so I think the trade was actually. A, I think the trade was beneficial to both parties because now LeBron gets like Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood. Um, even even Larry Nance Jr. who can spread the floor like he they plays he plays way better when he's ball dominant and he can just like outlet pass to an open three yeah. more than Isaiah. And for me, it was all it was all along the defensive. And I talked about this when the back in the summer when this happened. I just whenever you want to beat the top teams in the league, you can't have these massive liabilities. Teams in the playoffs will just do the same thing over and over again. They will get the the match that they want. They'll switch. And they'll get their best the, the best player they want on Isaiah Thomas, and they're gonna take his lunch, and they're gonna score again and again and again. And when you and when you're not even producing offensively, which he's really struggled to do this, this season, it's just not gonna work out. And then then you also have like Kevin Love, who's also not known as the best defensive player. So, you know, I'm gonna yeah. talk a, a little bit about the Cavs' defensive struggles, and that's like a whole other conversation. But this, yeah, you're right. This did need to happen. Uh, clearly, wasn't working. Um, there was there was no way that they were going to win a, even even have a chance to win a title this this season with, while playing him, and uh, you know to get Jordan Clarkson out of it, it's pretty good. So the other trade yeah. that happened, so that's already three players off of the Cavaliers, a starter and two bench players. Then 
there's a three-team trade, which you hardly rarely see, especially on the day of the trade deadline. You got Utah, who gets Jay Crowder and Derrick Rose, which they end up waving. But Kings get Joe, John- Joe Johnson, who uh, they immediately had bought out and just sending him to Houston. And they also get Iman Shumpert and Cavs 2020 second round pick. The Cavs get George Hill and Rodney Hood. And I, for me, I think this is the best trade that they made. They were begging for George Hill, who's not that great, but much better defender than Isaiah Thomas. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is like, what, 5'8", five, 5'10"? Five, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, no, it was a good trade. I think they needed the they needed a defensive-minded point guard, um, and they got that with George Hill. And George Hill is also um, – he's a lot bigger and longer. So I think that it's – I think it was a win-win. I mean, and Rodney Hood is a sniper. He's a great offensive player. Uh, and I, I just, we just saw them play against the Celtics today, and they looked good out there. It was, it's solid so far. I, I don't know. I'm really digging this. Yeah, trade. Rodney Hood, first game, I believe, 15 points. George Hill, 12 points. Um, they look good so far. So we'll see how it lasts. Um, especially when they get Kevin Love back, that'll be a, a big uh, help for them. But yeah, I mean, the purge. They, you know, we got a question from Isaac Reyes, uh, Don. Well, uh, let's have you tackle this. Were Cleveland's trade okay. deadline moves enough to save them this season? Uh, yeah, totally. They're in the East. They have LeBron. Um, it wasn't working. They went from the oldest team in the East to a much younger team, um, much more athletic players. I think I think it'll work. Look, I think that LeBron, in order for a team to work with LeBron – you got to LeBron has to be the only alpha dog. If you have another alpha dog, it's not going to work. It worked with Dwayne Wade, but it didn't work with Isaiah Thomas and it didn't work with Kyrie. Yeah. So I think that having these like solid pieces surrounding LeBron is the best move you can make because they understand their role and they understand that LeBron is the number one option. You know, it's not, there's no like one, a one B there's only one a now and it's LeBron. So I think LeBron will take it into his own hands. And I, it's going to be, you know, I, I really think it's going to be Boston-Cleveland in the conference finals. And then I don't know. It could be, it could be a seven-game series. And if Boston has home court, they could, they could do it. But it's, it's, it's going to be a lot tougher now for Boston. Gosh. Speaking of injury, crazy to think what the, the Celtics would be with Gordon Hayward right now. But to give my yeah. answer to that, we'll yeah, see to give my year. answer to this question, the Cavs are third to last in defensive rating. Guess who they're above right now, Don? Uh, yeah, the Kings. the Kings by point three and the Suns by point seven. Oh. But other than that, they and they should not that's, be anywhere near those teams. They have that that is really horrible. They're they're also a bottom horrible. six team in rebounding percentage. So this team clearly needed some help. Is it enough to save them? For me, I guess depends what you mean by save them. Is it enough for that they'll probably win the East now? I think I think they will too, Don. But I think it's going to be a, yeah, like a six game series. But will it be enough to be to beat the Warriors? And I still contend. I don't think it will. Um, the Warriors, I know that they've been struggling lately, but the the amount of matchup problems that they present is not something that you can just click on a defense and stop. It's just it's just not how it works. And the move that I like though is that they this Rodney Hood because he comes from the Jazz and the Jazz actually play defense over there. Quinn Snyder does a good job of uh, getting those guys to engage, mm-hmm. and so I hope Rodney Hood comes out there and. Uh, kind of show some of these guys how it's done defensively but 
All right, that is it for the purge, Adon. Um, the other big story, you know, with so much drama in the NBA, and you know, this would have been good to talk about before, you know, assume if, if none of these moves had happened, but uh, just the Cavs drama and the everything that's going on with LeBron and Dan Gilbert, and if LeBron's leaving or not. What do you what do you think about that whole situation? And you know, do you think he leaves? Um. I don't know. It was interesting that they they did it, that huge trade with the Lakers um, because that opened up for they got rid of the uh, Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. Uh, money, so that opened up two max slots for the Lakers in this offseason. So that's kind of like kind of like all signs are pointing towards the Lakers at this point, and the fact they did it with the Cavs, the team that they want LeBron from, um, it's really interesting. Because they'll have enough money to sign LeBron to a full max contract and a player like Paul George. Um, so I don't know. And I don't think LeBron knows either. I think LeBron was saying like – there was like a recent interview with him. And it was like, uh, are, you, are you committed to this organization? Something along the lines of that. And he was like, I'm committed right now. You know, like I'm committed for yeah, this season. Right. It wasn't like I'm a long-term thing, you know. So I – I don't think he really knows. Like, if they win the championship, maybe. But if they lose, like, against the Celtics or whatever team, I think, I think he will leave. So for me, when it comes to LeBron, it's always come to at least two things, and sometimes a third. One, you have to be able to afford a max contract. Now it doesn't have to be for multiple years, but at least one. And usually, he likes that player option for two. The second thing that it requires is you have to be a contender. He doesn't want to go to a team that's horrible, terrible. He wants good players. He wants to compete for a championship. He's always trying to push for that Jordan legacy. And three, which has been true to this point, but I'm not. He might give this up uh, in the in the quest for titles coming up. And that third one is the ability to make roster decisions. He's pretty much been able to do whatever he wants roster wise for the past whatever years. You know, in Miami and Cleveland. Um, he's just absolutely gorged the luxury tax for Dan Gilbert and just running him dry <laughs> for how much he's had to pay. So, you know, <laughs> does he leave? I mean, everyone, everyone just talks about how awful that relationship between him and Dan Gilbert is. And, you know, if this team shows no signs of even putting up a fight against Golden State, I think he's going to at least entertain offers of, you know, what Houston could do, what they could move around to hold his contract. Now, the whole financial side is, is like this whole other like science, like nerd science for of the NBA, which we won't get into. And frankly, I don't know too, too much about it, but I know it's tough to fit all these, you know, max players. But Houston would be, I would say, one of the top priorities that he would look at. Everyone also talks about LA. What do they call it? Le- Don LeBronzo? LeBronzo ball. Actually, LeBronzo. I don't know. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, and it all kind of stems from he, you know, assumes Paul George will want to go there. He has like a bunch of like business out in LA and he's been, you know, he's in movies. He's been dying to get out there to uh, you know, expand his uh his, you know, his reach. Uh he, you know, we we've always heard from him he wants to own an NBA team one day and the only way you can do that is with a lot of money. So you know, if I if you had to ask me today, you know, and the, the, that those Golden State rumors with LeBron, I'm not even going to address. Like that's just stupid. No He's not going to go there. 
Um, you know, and then I would say I would just kind of break it up into percentages. I think there's a 30 to 40% chance he just stays in Cleveland. I mean, his family really likes it there. Everyone knows each other. Personally, I don't know why the guy would want to stay in Cleveland, but you know, that's, that's his home and he's found it there. Um, I'd give it like another, like I give it like 25% chance he gets to Houston. Um, not that it, like it's unlikely or whatever, but it's, there's a lot of pieces that would have to move around to fit him. Uh, I'd give it like 25% chance also for LA just because of, you know, how big those rumors have been. You got magic Johnson. who's just been a great recruiter out there. He's actually done pretty well. Um, is he, he's not GM though, right? He's like president of basketball operations or something like that. I think, yeah, I don't think he's GM. I think he's president, but he's done pretty good. Um, so, and then I think, I think there's a small, a little bit of chance that he would consider the Sixers, the Spurs. Um, he's always talked about how bad he, or how much he loves pop. You know, he loves DeJounte Murray. He's under the same agent, right? Isn't DeJounte Murray under the same, uh, yeah. So, you know, where does I, at the end of the day, I think he does move. I don't, I just don't see why he would just stay there and continually want to go to the Eastern Conference and just lose. I know he's, you know, everyone says he's, there's no way he's going to the Western Conference. It's so easy to make the finals. But like for a guy that's made it there, what is it, seven straight years more? I mean, does he really care about going to the Eastern Conference finals anymore? I think he really wants to win. Um, and I think he needs a team that is capable of winning. So if I had to put my money in, I bet. Um, I bet the Houston, the Rockets find a way to get get LeBron on this uh, on their team for one year next uh, next season, but that's my take. You got any other thoughts on the LeBron? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I do think that um, every you know how everybody says LA LA, but I I don't know. LA is uh, they're a losing team. It's going to take a lot for LeBron to go there. Like he's still in his prime. You know, he's peaking, and I don't think he wants to give that up just yet. So I think that. I mean, I, he might end up there when he's like 38, you know, because I, I, God only knows how long LeBron's going to play. But I don't, I don't see it right now. I think he does either stay or go to like a contending team. I agree. I mean, the, the, I, uh, the way they've been playing too, like you know, some games they just look god awful, and it's just like if you're LeBron, you watch that, like you know, be can't imagine he's going to want to do that. The uh, it would be kind of I guess bad to not mention at least the Clippers who have clearly tried to just go all in and clear up as much space as they can for LeBron. So, you know, at least give them props for trying. I mean, can't blame them for trying to get the LeBron stakes decision 3.0. For sure. (laughs) So uh, what other drama we got in the – oh, we got this – all right. So I think we it's it's uh it's our due diligence to uh, go ahead and swat this Kawhi drama down, Adon. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and uh, pick it up? I don't. I don't even know like what to say anymore. It's it's extremely bizarre. Um, it's not from what I hear. This is not like an injury that is um, as serious as it turned out to be. Um, it it kind of just looks like that he's just not recovering enough, and he just keeps on aggravating it. Because I guess you're. I mean, you are like running and jumping all the time, so you, you kind of like it's very hard to just completely get a hundred percent. But. Um, Dude, I don't know. Like, I hope he comes back. I can see him coming back, like, April, like, right before the playoffs, maybe. Um, late March at the earliest. I haven't heard anything. It's been He's been pretty quiet so far, you know? I don't know. What do you think? Really? Because I thought uh, – I mean, a lot of people are kind of starting to assume that it would be kind of after the All-Star break that they'd slowly start to phase him. But where this story came from, I think – 
you remember when they tried to bring him back and he just didn't look right and they like would mm-hmm. sit him for like a game, play him for a game only and they would only mm-hmm. play him like on the front end of back to backs. They wouldn't play him on back to back games. And it was just kind of like this weird limits like restriction and he looked like some like flashes of like normal self and then other times like a little hobbled. I think yeah. that's where this whole story I think he didn't want to play and I think he knew that he wasn't 100% or even close. And ultimately, they decided to shut him down. And I think, you know, that's the resolution they came to. Kawhi was pretty upset that they still want to play him. They they had dif- disagreements thinking that he should be ready. And then I think, they, you know, they, they figured it out, resolved it, just decided to shut him down. And I think it's all gone, you know. I, you know, it's so often, you know, these stories out of ESPN, they're based on some factual evidence, but, you know, obviously just fabricated to, uh, you know, get more clicks and, you know, get – more people looking at him. But I really think the the true story here is that there was a little bit of tension and I think it's gone now. And I think, you know, he's, he's a really quiet guy. Like the Spurs is probably the only organization where he can, as the number one player, an MVP caliber player can lay as low as he does. Um, so I don't know. I don't see him even coming close to thinking about leaving. Obviously the Spurs have had trouble securing free agents in the past, you know, year or two. But you can argue the same for literally every other team, short of, uh, you know, OKC and like Houston. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think there's a chance he he leaves. Um, I think that all those rumors were just, uh, just talk. You know, like, it, like as Spurs fans ourselves, we kind of know what I guess the rest of the league doesn't. Like we've watched the Spurs for so many years, and like, there's no way this is true. Like he's just frustrated that. He can't play like any other player would. Like, I don't think he wants to leave or anything. Um, why would you want to leave, like, the greatest organization the past 15 years, greatest coach of our generation? Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. All right. So let's briefly – or I guess not even briefly. Let's take our time and uh, let's go through the current NBA standings and let's give our takes on who we think's moving up, who we thinks moving down, and uh, what we think the playoff picture might be come May slash April. So – so at one, we got the Golden State Warriors, 43 and 13. At two, we got the Rockets, 42 and 13. Number three, the Spurs, 35 and 22. Four, Timberwolves, 35 and 24. Five, Thunder, 32 and 25. Six, Trailblazers, 31 and 26. Seven, Denver Nuggets, 30 and 26. Eight, the Pelicans, 29 and 26. So any surprisers for you, Adon, so far in this Western Conference current playoff standings? So far, um, Honestly, not really. It's, it's, this is pretty much what I would envision at this point of the uh, NBA season. Like I, we all knew that New Orleans was gonna make a push this year, and they're eighth. Um, I don't know how long they can sustain that with Boogie out. Um, Denver added some good pieces with Millsap. Um, Jokic is great, and they have uh, Gary Harris. So we we kind of knew they were going to be in the race. Portland, you can never count them out with Lillard, McCollum. Um, OKC, you know they're going to work it out no matter what struggles they had in the beginning. Like they're going to make the playoffs with the talent they have. Um, and same with Minnesota, like they have crazy talent and they're going to work it out. So I don't think I think that you know some my, some seeds might shift around. I think that I think actually the Spurs will stay at three, um, just because Minnesota and OKC are pretty inconsistent because they're still trying to figure out their groove. Um, I think four and five will switch around uh, and six, seven and eight. I think those can be fair game, but I don't think that Portland, Denver or new Orleans are going to 
be out of the race unless like some major other injury happens. You know, not to pat myself on the back, but to pat myself on the back, uh, I got eight for eight on the playoff teams I predicted back in October. Warriors, Warriors, Rockets, and Spurs is exactly how I had it in October. I had the Thunder at four. They are at five. I had the Timberwolves at five. They are at four. At six, I had the Nuggets. They're at seven. At seven, I had the Pelicans. They're at eight. And at eight, I had Portland. They're at six. And like you're saying, those bottom three, they're separated by only one game. Now, the Pelicans, I think, are going to drop um, if they cannot fill this Cousins uh, void. And, you know, the Clippers are only half a game back. Uh, they have the same they you know the same amount of losses. The Jazz are only a game and a half back, so I wouldn't be surprised if those two teams uh you know bounce uh the New Orleans out of the playoff race. But not too bad of a prediction by uh, your bold host over <laughs> here. So, but you know just a really you know quick think like playoff scenario. You know, it'd be like let's say let's hold this right now, man. I God, I wish Boogie Cousins was playing because to see the Warriors, you know, a team that likes to do small ball likes to push in threes going up against the Pelicans with two bigs who just play like a kind of a different yeah. style of game would be awesome. I, I would watch every game of that, you know, whether, you know, like yeah, you know, it'd probably yeah. still end up a sweep or four one, but it'd still be interesting to see. I think um, Rockets totally. nuggets. I mean, the Joker is a great player. Uh, I love watching him play. Um, I hope he gets, you know, I just like when he gets lots of minutes, this, this Spurs. Yeah. um, they might slip. I really think it depends on when Kawhi comes back and you know how healthy this team can be going into the playoffs. Uh, that's usually a big thing for Pop. How good are we going in the playoffs and to peak at the right time and to be healthy? So, you know, it doesn't always work out, but we'll see uh, how he does. But the Timberwolves and the Thunder, these teams are two games back, but only one game back in the loss column. Um, so you're right. You know, the Thunder, they were going to make the playoffs. Their roster is just absolutely way too good for them not to um they've had lots of struggles obviously but they've they've done really well against good teams uh they've you know they've beaten the, the warriors the cavaliers the celtics um so they've done pretty good and like you're saying cj mccollum and dame lillard on the trailblazers you can never count that team out to uh for a playoff mm-hmm. spot but any other thoughts on this uh, Western Conference? A lot of good teams in here. A lot of good teams. I I really want to see uh, Timberwolves Thunder in the playoffs. I think that would be crazy exciting series. I think that would probably be one of the best series of the first I round. Think, I, if they, I if think they so play. too. Um, Jimmy Butler, man, looked he's looked really good. He's an all star. Cat too. Oh, that, yeah. you, you, just a ton right. of talent yeah, together. A lot you know. of talent out there. Yeah. All one. right, so let's switch it up to the East. Right now, we got one Toronto Raptors. Didn't see them being a one seed uh, going into the All Star break. Number two, Boston Celtics. Three Cavaliers. Four Wizards. Playing without, playing even better without John Wall. Oddly enough, five the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis, love him. Number six, the Pacers. Oddly, or maybe not oddly, but by far the most surprising team I think I've seen in the For playoffs. Sure. Seven Miami Heat, eight Philadelphia 76ers. So any teams you want to talk about right off the bat with this? Um, if the playoffs started today, a 1-8 upset could be super real and can definitely happen because Philly is dirty and stacked. And all it takes is just Kyle Lowry to disappear and Embiid and Simmons to just play out of their minds and you got an upset. So I think – 
I would love to see that matchup. I think that could be a 1-8 upset. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, yeah, Embiid, Embiid when he gets going, is something else to see. That that guy's awesome. Um, also an all-star. But, uh, yeah, you know, don't want to get too off on a tangent because I'm sure people just really would love us talking about the Pacers. But, I mean, did not see Victor Oladipo playing this well uh, after, you know, the whole trade with the, the Thunder. But, you know, that really goes to show something of, of, of a theory that I've always had with Russell Westbrook and super ball-dominant point guards. When other players on your team don't get those reps and those opportunities to show their skills, to work on their skills, um, you know, to showcase them, you just don't really know, A, who's really good on your team, and B, you don't develop anybody on your team. And I think that happens a lot with players that play with Russell Westbrook just because of how much he needs the ball and how much he controls it. So to see Victor Oladipo playing this well, um, I wonder if the Thunder even, you know, knew he could play this well uh, considering, you know, that they had him. So, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think it's crazy. It's, it's, he's playing really well. And I think, I think you're right though with the Thunder. And I think, I think that's why um, Paul George will stay with Westbrook. Um, because I think they actually are a great duo together. Because Paul George is, he's not a ball dominant wing player. You know, he can play off ball. He's a great defender. And I think that's the perfect combo with Westbrook. Because even Durant is pretty ball dominant, given how big he is. And you can't put another, you can't really put another guard in the backcourt with Westbrook. Because that guard will just disappear, you know. Um, and I think, I think Paul George is like a perfect fit. Even like I think a Kawhi would be a great fit too because Kawhi is not too ball dominant either. Um, but yeah, I think that's a I think that it's kind of like LeBron. Like LeBron is extremely ball dominant and he commands the ball just like Westbrook does. And you can't have two alpha dogs on one team. It, it doesn't definitely really doesn't work. work. And we saw it not work, and that's why you know probably why Durant left. Also, you know to go join the Warriors is not a bad uh, decision on his part. So, but yeah. I'm, Pacers definitely surprising. I mean, Miles Turner on there playing a lot better from the the, the old alma mater UT. Um, do you think the Pistons make a run here now with Blake Griffin? Um, I think they do. I think they at least try. Um, I think it's, it's going to be hard because Philly is playing well. Um, Miami got Dwayne Wade back, so we'll see how well they play. Indiana's playing great. Milwaukee, Yon is playing great. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for the Pistons. I think that, you know, the East right now, the one through eight is kind of, it's pretty solid. One team's going to have a major injury in order for Detroit to come in there. Uh, man, it, the the Wizards, I mean, just, a, yeah, like you're saying, like four through seven is separated by two games. So a lot of movement could happen through there. The, the Pacers, like I said, are surprising. The one team that I didn't have in my prediction and the team that I did was the Charlotte Hornets. We've already talked enough about them in previous podcasts, but – Still surprising to see uh, how poor they performed out the gate and kind of just how often just wish-washy they are in the stats. And I mentioned all that before, but all right. Uh, do you see – yeah, like let's go really quick. You said the 76ers could definitely upset the Raptors. We've always seen the Raptors disappoint in the playoffs. I totally agree that would be definitely an upset alert for them. Then you got the Celtics versus the Heat, two uh, class organizations. Um, Pat Riley going against the Celtics, so – that would be an interesting one now too, especially Dwayne Wade back. I still think he's got something in there, and I think playing under the under the Miami Heat uniform might mean a little more to him. And uh, 
you know, Goran Dragic is also an all-star um, for a team that is a playoff team that they, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't really have one is interesting. So then you got the Cavaliers versus the Pacers. I think as good, you know, as the NES played, LeBron can easily win that matchup. Then you got the Wizards versus the Bucks. Um, for, for me, it kind of depends if John Wall can make it back. Uh, but that would be an interesting one too, you know, just yeah. to see. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a great series, really good series. And I think, I think the Bucks are better than Washington. I don't think I think Washington is another team in limbo. I think they're a definite limbo team, and I think that they're gonna break up their backcourt when. Um, when John Wall and Bradley Beal become free agents. Yeah, whenever we get our uh, um, co-host back from his uh, inebriated state, we should we'll go we'll dive into some of these teams a little more and just talk about you know what's the status of them and how they got to this point and how so many of these teams yeah. I, you know it's just a lot of teams out there just I don't really understand what they're doing, don't really see the uh, the direction that their organization wants to move. I think that's it, uh, Don. You got uh, anything on your mind? Anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, well, I got something to get off of my plate. Oh yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. So I've been yeah, in LA. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Maya. So yeah, I live, I live I live in LA, right? And I um, gotta say, dude, the the dating game here is a mess. It sucks. I mean, is anyone? It's probably the Are you surprised one. though? I mean, if that would probably be the first thing I would imagine if I moved to LA and was single. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised, surprised, but I do, I do like get surprised every time it, I get one of those typical LA like things that happen to me. Like flakiness is like crazy. It's like it's kind of is it, it rampant? It's like. No, it's yeah, it's like literally pulling a card out of a deck of fifty two. Like, oh, like that's literally it. Like, you can't like do anything. You gotta gotta pray that like nobody flakes on you here. And it's like you know, like coming from the south, and like we're pretty reliable. Like if you commit to a plan, you do a plan. You know, like you don't cancel or just like flake out. And it's just like what? Like yeah, oh say wait, who said that? (laughs) Like just like commit to a plan or like don't commit at all. And yeah, I don't know. Like me and my roommate um, talk about it all the time that it's just like a disaster, and like we're just trying to just make it out here. Like you just gotta have like you just gotta be like insta famous or have money. It's ridiculous. Insta famous or have money. Are, have you? Uh, are you uh, trying on a Bumble and Tinder? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like doing like the dating apps, whatever. Um, it's even the dating apps are like so tough to like even get a match you go to another city and you're like match 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 like whatever right no problem and you come to la because like everybody's so fucking beautiful here everybody's a model like your competition is so high you're like if you're normal like you might as well just like go home like nobody cares if you're normal it's crazy you got to be like crazy special or like a model or something it's like it's a humbling experience, you know. And like, if you make it here, you can I make gotta it imagine <laughs> all those uh, experiences are super superficial. Yeah, I mean, like, I think definitely if you're, they call them like transplants. So it's like people who come to LA to like pursue their dreams. So whatever, so waiters um, yeah, pretending people, to be actors. Everybody, exactly. Um, the people like who are actually from LA that you meet are actually pretty cool. They're like normal ish. Uh, but the worst are definitely the transplants. It's like, you're not even from LA. Like, I guess like, I guess you're here so you can act whatever you want. But yeah, I, I guess that's like the, 
the the biggest thing I have about this city. Like everything else is cool, but the women, man. I just gotta wait till I'm like 35. One of the other co-hosts on here, Joe McMahon, has uh, also uh, gave his uh, grief about this. Have you uh, tried your luck with any porn stars lately? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I gotta, I gotta expand my horizons. You gotta like, you need to grow like a mustache and yeah, get Instagram famous. <laughs> yeah, but that's a different type of dating, I guess. Don't you think? I mean, I don't know. I, I gotta imagine, like you said, that the dating scene in LA is just a wash. Uh, which many people have talked about that too. Yeah, it's like everybody complains about it, like both men and women. And it's like, well, where are you guys? Like, let's <laughs> complain about it together. You're probably there like, you go, cool. Don. Maybe you should make an app, and it's just everybody drop drop your ego at the door or something like that. And, yeah, uh, you need to you need to solve the it's, the uh, LA dating endemic that is that it is right now. Yeah, I need to solve it. You know, the mastermind behind what? it. Let's uh, get you one follower closer to Instagram famous. What's uh, your? I know you've been doing movies out there. You've been grinding. You've been pushing. You're trying to. You're you're uh, you're reaching your dreams. You're succeeding. Only a matter of time till you leave this podcast for something better. What's uh? What's your what's your uh, um photography's? I believe it is uh, Instagram handle. Uh, it's at Adon A D A N and then Langbaum L A N G B A U M. But Joey, I will never leave the BBB podcast. Oh, that warms my, my heart. Home. That warms my heart. This is my home. All right. Uh, I'm glad. I hope everyone could listen. Um, my, I think my jaw's about to fall off. Uh, no word yet on uh, how many teeth I have left in there. Uh, I, have, <laughs> I have the peanut M- M&M's held hostage. I may uh, call the number that's on the bag and uh, complain vigorously to an automated message uh, we will see so for don i am joey follow us on twitter at the bbb pod follow us on itunes at the bbb podcast and on soundcloud uh for a don i'm joey see you later folks